opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the content creators and should not be assumed to reflect product endorsements or the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Let me explain what we're going to be doing here for the next uh, hour and a half or so. It may go a little faster. Um, at the national convention this year, Denise Colley did a session for the scholarship winners, and I believe that Next Generation also uh, participated uh, quite a bit in it, uh, and or or the students group, perhaps it was. Uh, but her, what she basically did was ask for representatives of all of the uh, special interest affiliates who were there and wanted to be represented to show up and give just a little short blurb on what those uh, special interest groups were doing. And that seemed very important. Uh, that seemed very important given that uh, Quite okay. frankly, many of our state affiliates are getting a little bit smaller, but many of the special interest groups are growing very nicely. And that was an interesting session. And I realized that in our Kansas affiliate here, we don't have a lot of members that have gotten into participating in very many special interest affiliates. So it seemed a good idea to try and replicate uh, Denise Colley's good idea uh, and uh, have the special interest affiliates present a little bit to us. And so we invited uh, not quite all of them, but a plethora of them. And uh, some of the ones we invited couldn't be here. Many of them could. So we have a list of, I believe, eight, quite a few anyway. And uh, we're going to give them each an opportunity to tell a little bit about their special interest affiliate. And then uh, I'll be watching the time, but we may be able to entertain a question or two if there is one for each speaker and the first one that we have on our list and i see he is here is tyson ernst uh and tyson is representing uh, the uh, viva folks the visually impaired veterans of america so please take it away tyson and welcome well, thank you so much, uh, Michael. It's it's a pleasure to be here, and good afternoon to all of you, Kansas, and across the ACB landscape. Uh, my name is, as was mentioned, I'm Tyson Ernst, and I am the president of Visually Impaired Veterans of America. We are the veterans affiliate for ACB, and we do the advocacy and representative work concerning veterans affairs and veterans benefits on Capitol Hill. We work in conjunction with several other blind organizations. I've recently uh, been talking with Don Overton from the Blinded Veterans Association, and we're going to begin some conjoined work uh, so we can double our voices on the Hill. Uh, we also work to find benefits for veterans. For example, um, one of our latest big legislature victories in the past year has been came about uh, last month when Congress passed the ability for burn pit exposures to be added to the list of presumed uh, disability because we all know bring, breathing in all that toxic stuff from from the different war zones and different theaters of combat uh, have caused a lot of health problems just like um, Gulf War syndrome did back starting in the 90s and it took a while to get that even even recognized as something causing uh, lots of different illnesses, which lead to disabilities. So that's that's our primary function is advocacy for veterans' causes and veterans' um, benefits. 
So our secondary one is, of course, to steer our veterans uh, in both um, visually impaired and uh, and working with other agencies with the VA uh, towards the benefits that they have earned as being a veteran and uh, and um, that they deserve. Uh, as part of their service, uh, whether they be retired or uh, just naturally exited the service uh, after their term of service. Uh, We are a small organization. Uh, We only have currently about 21 members right now. And we are always looking for people because we do need have, uh, we do have uh, a number of seats open on our governing board that we need to fill um, some leadership positions. So if you are a veteran, or if you're the spouse of a veteran uh, who is visually impaired, uh, you do not need to be a veteran to join us, uh, but you do have limited um, limited uh, privileges within the membership. Uh, our, our constitution does call that the board is governed by veterans and, and the majority of our membership must be. Uh, so we're kind of limited on that. If you are interested in joining and I'll keep this kind of short this way. Uh, you can send an email to veterans of ACB, all one word, at gmail.com. And we'll get back to you. Place in the subject line membership and then put a little bit about yourself in the body. Put your name uh, that you're interested in joining up and we'll send you some information back. Uh, we are still working on getting electronic um, payment into our system so you can join via PayPal or Square or something like that, some type of an electronic methodology um, and a membership form online. We're working on that. Uh, we're working on revamping our constitution. We just recently made the changes to allow us this year, this past year, to do electronic meetings uh, because of the way the DC code was written. We are affiliated underneath the DC code. Uh, and our membership dues are $15 a month. Or fifteen dollars a month. I'm sorry for per year. It'd be a pretty expensive affiliate. Fifteen bucks a month. Um, so we would love to have you aboard. Uh, again, veterans of ACB at gmail.com. And thank you once again for joining. If anybody has any questions, I don't know if you want to hold those all to the end or, or go after each of us, Michael. Okay. Uh, any- oh, there we go. I thought I, I thought I I thought I put everybody to sleep. No, you didn't put everybody to sleep, but. Uh- I've got somebody on my cell phone right now saying they're having trouble getting into this panel. And so we're working on that a little bit. I'm having him hold on while I introduce our next speaker. And that is somebody that uh, was just mentioned by the uh, accessible pharmacy gentleman, uh, Tom Tobin. And the reason he knows Tom makes sense to me. Tom is the president of uh uh, the Diabetics Group, I don't think Ann has the full name down here, but uh, Diabetics in Action, I believe it is. And uh, Tom and I go back a long way. Uh, I can remember him from having uh, visited the Ohio Convention a couple of times when I was uh, on the ACB board back in uh, the late 1980s. So, Tom, it's good to have you uh, with us at our convention. Uh, and uh, why don't you take it away? And thank you very much. Well, thank you, Michael. Good afternoon, everybody. And Michael, I was just uh, reminiscing about you coming to our state of Ohio uh, state conventions. A lot of good memories there. And um, so um, (laughs) thank you for having me today. Um, So, yeah, we are ACB Diabetics in Action. And I also have with me today our treasurer, 
Becky Dunkerson, who you'll hear from in just a few minutes. Um, let me just tell you a little bit about the history of ACBDA. Um, <clears throat> we've been around since 2005, so we've been around for 17 and a half years. I have a tickle in my throat. So it's hard to believe this, our affiliate was actually created, I think, when Chris Gray was the president of ACB National <clears throat> back in the day. So we've been around for quite some time. Um, our main mission is to provide support and assistance to diabetics living with vision impairment. Um, so that's our main focus. Um, I was uh, graciously elected president in July of 2021. So I've been in the chair for the past uh, year, and we've done a heck of a lot in the past year. And so I'm going to tell you a little bit about what we've done, um, what some of our perks are around membership. Uh, Becky's going to talk about our community calls, which I think is one of our most um, important perks as far as member recruitment and retainment. Um, and I know that's something that's a hot topic for a lot of affiliates. You mentioned this earlier, Michael, about there's a lot of attrition in the affiliates, state affiliates, but uh, growth in the uh, special interest affiliates, which I think is true. Um, so let me start by introducing the board, just so everyone knows who's on our ACBDA board. Um, I'm obviously the president, Charles Nabarete, who I'm sure many of you know, who's very involved in all things legislative. Uh, he is our first vice president. Jeff Bishop is our second vice president, also serves on the national ACB board and also oversees and manages our ACBDA website, which is quite nicely, newly improved and revised. Larry Gaspin from California is our secretary. As I mentioned earlier, Becky Dunkerson is our treasurer and you'll hear more from her in a few minutes. Um, Chris Gray is our immediate past president. Uh, we've only had a couple presidents in our 17 year history. So some of you may remember Dee Clayton, very good friend of Becky's. I got to know Dee just briefly, another uh, Iowan um, and uh, Chris, and then uh, now me. Um, our board members are Linda Oliva McKinley, uh, who's newer to at least ACBDA. Uh, she co-chairs our membership committee. Randy Knapp, uh, who many of you may know, had a long career in the adaptive technology arena. He's also co-chairing the website committee with uh, Jeff Bishop. Liz Alexa, which I'll talk more about in a minute, um, is from Pennsylvania, and she's one of our board members. And rounded out by with Terry Suarez, who's from Florida. And um, as uh, anybody that's met Terry, you can never forget it because she's a bundle of energy. <laughs> so uh, she's an amazing, amazing member of our team. Um, I'm just curious, Michael, if we could just do by show of hands of the people that are here, and I see in the participants list about 25 uh, people, 24 people, but I'm just curious by raising your hands, folks, like who out there is a diabetic, either type 1 or type 2? I'm just curious in the audience who, who may be dealing with this uh, insidious disease. Can our, can our uh, host count hands maybe? or So far, there are two hands. That's it. Just two hands. Okay. Well, that's good enough. That surprised out of all the people. But anyways, um, as many of you know, uh, diabetes is epidemic, not only in this country, but around the world. And I'm surprised too, Tom. I uh, know we've got more than that in our affiliate, so hopefully people will pass the word. Okay. <laughs> well, thanks, Michael. Yeah. I, it's, yeah, it's, as I was going to say, diabetes is epidemic in this country and uh, around the world, especially in the area of type 2 diabetes, which often has to do with our poor lifestyle changes and obesity and those types of things. Um, 
And it's really actually an issue I think that the, our society has to get grapple with and get a handle on because, uh, as we all know, um, that's how I lost my vision in 1985 when I was a junior in college. And, um, yeah, it can have some nasty complications from vision loss, kidney disease, heart disease, peripheral neuropathy, which means lack of sensitivity in your fingers and your toes, which can then lead to uh, things like getting something stuck in your foot and having pieces of your foot amputated. So it's a nasty disease, ladies and gentlemen. So getting it under good control is the number one way to prevent or delay complications. Um, so with that, let me just talk a little bit, Michael, if it's okay, about some of the, the things that programs and, and perks that we offer in ACB Diabetics in Action so your members can get a feel for um, what ACB Diabetics is all about and what kind of program we offer, um, and hopefully maybe be enticed to consider joining. Um, as I mentioned earlier, um, our website has come a long way, baby, thanks to Jeff Bishop. He is obviously a very talented technical guy, and uh, so I invite you to take a look at www.acbda.org. Uh, you can check it out. It's changing every day, um, but it's packed full of information. Uh, we will be putting up here shortly um, all of our historic convention program going back to 2018, which has been stellar, I would, in my opinion. Um, at our, our quarterly newsletter will be going up there. Our, all of our documentation on our constitution and bylaws, articles of incorporation, all that stuff. We're now working right now on our 501c3. So the website has really become a ro very robust resource of information and a great tool for us. And of course, it does have our new and improved membership form that is now integrated seamlessly with PayPal. So that that's a huge advance. Um, so I mentioned we have a quarterly newsletter uh, that uh, we ask that people contribute to writing. Um, and uh, Becky and I basically do that together, but we ask for people to submit articles. Um, we also have pretty interesting convention programming. Um, since I've been involved the past two years of convention program, I thought it had been particularly robust, robust in the sense that um, we've had some really interesting conversations around all things diabetes, uh, it's, it's on that a lot of that stuff is up there. So if people are interested in learning more about our convention program, you can check it out online. Um, we're going to be launching a podcast here. A lot of ACB is making that available to affiliates. So Jeff Bishop and Larry Gaspin will be overseeing our podcast, which I believe will become a monthly podcast on all things diabetes and vision loss. So that's exciting stuff. Um, we have a very robust membership committee. In fact, we did such a good job between 2021 and 2022 that we added, Michael, you mentioned membership, and we added uh, at least 25 new members year over year. And so this year at convention, we actually were able to add one more affiliate vote, which was pretty exciting for us inside ACB. We're a smaller specialist affiliate, but we grew our affiliate vote from three to four. And that's definitely, in my opinion, going the right direction. Um, legislation, uh, there's all kinds of stuff. If those of you that are interested, Michael, I know you're interested in legislation. Um, that committee is co-chaired by Charles Nabarete and Chris Gray, and they do a fabulous job. But I won't get into it now, Michael, but there's a lot of stuff going on in, in the uh, in the diabetes space and durable medical equipment space, um, lowering the cost of insulin space. So there's a lot of stuff floating around in Congress right now. Um, 
And let me get to our newest and most, in my opinion, most exciting, I call it our crown jewel right now. Um, and that's our peer mentor relations program. As I said earlier, I think I said earlier, that's competently chaired by Liz Alexa. Um, it's, it's basically a peer mentor relations program. So peer to peer support is what the model is. Um, so October of last year, um, I've, I've worked with this model in the past and I'm, a, I'm, I am, uh, very passionate about this model. I've, I've been a participating as a mentee and I've also participated in it as a mentor. Um, and it's a very effective way to help people learn how to live with X, Y, or Z, in this case, living with diabetes and vision loss. Um, so I proposed to the board October 2021 and we approved it. Um, over the past almost full year, um, Liz has been working her tail off to um, match or get mentors and get mentees and then do the hard part, which is to match the mentors with the mentees. Um, as everybody comes to the table with different skills, different needs, whether it's type one, type two, uh, continuous glucose monitors, how to get blood on the test strip, which I know is a huge issue for a lot of us living with diabetes. Um, you name it. That's what this program is is all about. So it, it actually officially launched this past September 1st. So basically a year after uh, inception or adoption, I should say. Um, as I said, it's based on the peer-to-peer -peer model. So it's peers helping peers. So somebody like myself, who's, I guess, a more seasoned uh, diabetic living with vision impairment would be willing to help somebody who may be newly adjusting to living with diabetes and vision impairment. Um, as I said, it's a very effective model. We're not doing any kind of therapy here, so I don't want to give people the wrong impressions. Basically sharing my experience uh, as a type one with somebody who's trying to figure it out. And um, it's, it's, as I said, a very effective model because um, your, your mentee certainly can't uh, allege that I don't understand what they're going through because I've gone through it too. So it's a, it's a very effective program. So um, as I said, I'm a huge fan of this program. Um, it's, it's taken a ton of time and energy, but um, you know, it's, it's only available to members only. So that's one of the few things that is member only uh, exclusive. Um, so you have to be a member to take advantage of the program, but um, and so that, that's that. So, so that's a bit about um, some of our high level programming, some of the perks of becoming a member of ACB Diabetics in Action. I'm gonna pivot Michael and turn it over to my colleague, Becky Dunkerson, who's gonna talk about another really critical program of ours and that's our community call program. So Becky, take it away. Thanks Tom and thank you Michael for letting us uh, be a part of this group. Um, what I wanted to share with everyone is um, we're all familiar with community calls and and the uh, positive effects of it, but um, ACB Diabetics, um, when the pandemic started, we actually had one call, um, and we'd actually had it for several years using the free conference calling program. Um, it's something that Dee had created, and, and I came on board, and we started getting uh, speakers to come and, and talk about different topics, and then um, pandemic created Zoom, and so we all just kind of migrated over there. And um, the community call that we have is currently the second Wednesday of each month um, at 8 p.m. Eastern. Um, last month, we had um, some people come and talk about um, 
911 and and uh, you know if you're having a, a diabetic um, situation and you need to call 911 what the process is from the time you call 911 till you go to the ER and 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 that whole um, perspective so that was a interesting call this next month which is um, October uh, the 12th is going to be guide dogs coming or guide dog uh, speakers coming and talking about um, guide dogs and diabetes and and how they uh, train them and work together and and that aspect. Um, The other thing that we have started and this started again in the middle of the pandemic is um, some some members had mentioned you know that they wanted to get together and and have a kind of a casual chat to talk about some of the things that we had at community calls or other uh, questions or concerns and and that sort of thing. So we created a casual chat um, that meets on the third Saturday um, at 5 p.m. Eastern. Um, After we started that for about six, eight months, Several people came to me and said, hey, you know, can we do another one? You know, maybe do two in a month. So we uh, did some rearranging and we created a second casual chat, which is the fourth Monday at 730 Eastern. Um, And so the next one is actually this coming Monday at 730. Um, Anyone is welcome to join. It is on the community list. Um, so all you have to do is go there and get the um, Zoom information and 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 join our call. So those are some things that we um, have created and and continue to work on. Um, eventually, we're going to be able to. Um, I've created a committee uh, to help me plan ahead a little bit further than a month or two. We'd like to, you know, get a pipeline of four to five months ahead. That way, we can promote more of our calls and, and get more people involved in um, ACB diabetics um, in action and the community calls and, and what we're all here for. So um, that's information about our community calls. Thank you very much to uh, both of you. And I didn't perhaps because I was dealing with another uh, participant who was trying to get in and uh, on the cell phone when, we did the last handoff, but uh, I want to thank Tyson as well for all of the good work that uh, the Viva Group is is doing. Uh, this has been really exciting so far, and uh, uh, gosh, Diabetics in Action has uh, really come a long way. Uh, it sounds like you've got some great programs. I'm going to move on to our next person. You all are certainly welcome to uh, stick around. Uh, well, thank you, Michael, for having us. We really appreciate being oh, here, really. and um, thank you very much, Anne. Thank you. Okay, I think Anne's going to... Well, I was going to turn our phones off during uh, the time that we were broadcasting, trying to run this convention, but on the other hand, uh, it's a way that people get to us to troubleshoot problems that can be related to the convention, so we've been uh, swapping off who's been getting the phone, and I think Anne took care of that last ring that we got. The next speaker that uh, I have on the list here that uh, and so capably prepared is from AAVL. That's the Alliance of Aging uh, 
the visual impairment agent. I didn't get that name quite right, but I'm sure Doug will straighten me out on that. And uh, Doug is another person whom I have uh, worked with on legislative issues and so on, off and on for many years. He's, uh, uh, as well as an ACB board member, a uh, very, very active uh, person in a lot of groups. And uh, I know he's doing great things with AAVL, so please take it away, Doug. Thank you, Michael. Good afternoon, everybody. Um, Just for fun, um, please raise your hand if you're getting older. (laughs) (laughs) And if you don't raise your hand, I'm I'm very sorry. (laughs) So... um, we don't have to do that specifically, but you know, if you, if you did raise your hand, you, you can put it down. But uh, I, my point is that um, a, the Alliance on Aging and Vision Loss was created for everyone who's aging and who's experiencing vision loss of some sort. Um, we've we've become uh, more, uh, you know, we 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 are starting to advocate more on issues and and are are focusing on. Um, we're focusing on uh, issues for, you know, people over 55, let's say, but we are open, our membership is open to, uh, to everyone. And I kind of, I kind of liken it to, uh, we've got you covered from almost from cradle to grave because we have the ACB students, we have the next generation and we have AAVL. So you can uh, cruise right along whenever you feel comfortable, you know, that you're, uh, issues are, you know, whatever organization represents the issues that you wish were uh, to be addressed. So that's, um, that's, uh, you know, what we are. Um, we've been going for, I don't, I don't know the history really well. I just got elected uh, in uh, uh, end of July um, to, uh, to the presidency. Jeff Tom is our previous, our immediate past president. And he, ably uh, took us from about 22, 26 members to we're, we're close to 150 members now. Wow. Um, yeah. So it's, and it's been over the last couple of years. So um, um, I think people are responding to Jeff and to the idea that we get more involved. Like there's, there's lots of issues that uh, are confronting those of us who are getting older um, from rehabilitation service uh, to uh, to healthcare, to housing, all you know, every aspect of life uh, becomes different when you get older. So we're looking at how we can uh, make the services available to us that will allow us to, you know, stay independent, stay out of institutions, uh, and still have fulfilling, satisfying lives in the place that we feel is most appropriate for us. Um, for example, last year we had a project going, and it's an ongoing project. But it, 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 we had we we had a survey developed um, for our members, our local yeah. members, to um, contact their local agency on aging, um, and um, uh, have you know, and, and and ask them how they are accommodating uh, blind and, and visually impaired folks. And um, we got the the response that we thought we were getting we're going to get because you know I, actually there were a lot of us who had never heard of the 
area agencies on aging. So um, obviously their outreach has not been very good. <laughs> so uh, we, we now have connections with several agencies and are uh, still open to having people um, uh, contact us and, and uh, at, at, you know, and, and have us support you in contacting your area agency on aging and see if you can get on their advisory council so that we can have an ongoing um, uh, conversation with those, uh, with that agency that's supporting a lot of services for older people, um, but also making them accessible for blind and low vision people. So that was, uh, that was a project that was started last year. Um, we are also, uh, we we have developed a relationship with the Vision Serve Alliance. I don't know if you folks have heard about that, but the Vision Serve Alliance is a an alliance of different um, uh, membership organizations that uh, have a um, have a stake in um, rehabilitation and 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 service for for the blind and and people who are low uh, you know who are low vision. Um, they, they rep some of the representative organizations are like AER, which is the, um, the, the group that has, uh, vision, pro uh, professionals. Um, we also have, um, let's see who else is in that group. Um, NFB is actually in their group, uh, as is ACB where we are represented, um, with, by several people, actually, um, Eric uh, Bridges, our, our executive director, is is on is 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 active in VSA. Um, uh, Clark Rockfall, our, our uh, government relations uh, uh, director, is is also and and uh, Swatha Nandukumar, um, they're they're active. Um, Jeff Tom is active. Uh, he's on one of the subcommittees. Uh, Larry Johnson from Texas is, is on one of the committees. Anisio Correa from uh, from Florida is on one of the committees. So um, we're we're uh, well represented within the VSA organization, and, and I'm looking for uh, a place where I can also uh, make a difference in that. For example. Um, well, this is not this is not particularly older people, uh, but uh, the issue came up a couple of years ago uh, about um, sexual misconduct and bullying at the uh, uh, agencies uh, uh, serving blind and low vision folks. And uh, ACB passed a resolution uh, condemning the, those and and. Uh, mapping out guidelines for uh, a model uh, uh, policy for uh, at the RSA level, at the federal level, and state level. Um, we are still in the process of implementing that resolution, and um, we uh, uh, we want to uh, include Vision Serve Alliance in in that in those discussions to before we go to the to the um, uh, to the re uh, federal level of the um, rehab services administration. So we, we're uh, and we're we're partnering with the VSA on, on a bunch of other of other issues. There's a lot of research that um, has been done 
that is really good to show us um, service, uh, you know, service coverage in the states. Um, who's, you know, who's getting older, who's losing their vision. Um, how do we, you know, how do we find them? How do we get them into the system and how do we serve them well? Um, so as you can tell, there's a lot to work on. <laughs> and um, we, uh, so we're always looking for new people who are interested in, um, interested in, in serving on one of our projects because um, we can't do it, you know, if, if you wait for us to do it as a board of directors, um, we're not going to get very far very fast. But if we can include members who have a passion for a particular uh, topic, uh, um, we want to uh, include you and uh, let you, uh, you know, let you run with it and support you in how to advocate and, you know, and, and uh, different, uh, different opportunities that, that we can use to, uh, to uh, be successful in our advocacy efforts. efforts. Um, our membership dues are fifteen dollars. Um, our uh, you can sign up on our website. We have we do have a fully integrated um, uh, membership form on our website, which is https slash slash www.aavl hyphen blind hyphen seniors.org so let me give that to you again the the main part of it is aavl hyphen blind hyphen seniors with an s and none of that is capitalized by the way dot org um and you know that you can you can find out our uh we have a semi-annual um newsletter which i am thinking about trying to uh, get uh, more frequent. Uh, I'd like to see it quarterly rather than, at least quarterly rather than uh, semi-annually. Um, you can also uh, access um, the projects that we're working on. Um, we're doing fundraising with uh, Terry Lynn, which is uh, nuts and candy. Um, so if you order you know, from our website, we, uh, we get some of it. Um, so we're, you know, we're, we're active, we're working, we're, um, and we're uh, ready to serve. Um, we, oh, we, yeah, that's right. We, we also have a community call every month, um, which we just instituted. Um, we had a great um, session at our, at the convention, at the national convention um, on the subject of um, uh housing where you know how as you're getting older and are thinking about maybe downsizing um where do you move uh how do you move you know what options are available uh what uh what should you look for in a in a facility if you're you're know, moving into an apartment or you know a, a comprehensive care uh, facility that kind of thing what you know what you should be looking for um so, and we also did another one on, on healthcare, on Medicare and, and, you know, whether, whether you should do supplemental, uh, supplemental healthcare insurance and all those kinds of things. Those were two of our, um, seminars, uh, at the convention. Um, we did a, um, we did a monthly call 
I think it was following up on the on the healthcare um, uh, in September. Uh, I'm sorry, in in August, um, September, where. Um, we're combining with, oh, that's another thing I wanted to let you know. Um, we have two state affiliates or state chapters, I guess you'd call them. Um, the California has a, a chapter of AAVL and uh, Oregon has a chapter of AAVL. Uh, I know uh, we've got a couple others that are sort of stirring. Um, so there's there's interest and we, we haven't... Uh, gotten it all together yet but uh we're working on that as well so if kansas would like to start a special interest affiliate uh, focusing on uh, issues of aging um, we're very happy to have you and uh it, it doesn't cost any extra to be a chapter it's just the um the membership dues for you know for each member so um Let's see, what else did I want to make sure that you knew about? Oh, oh, yeah, there, so I was talking about the community calls and the community call for, quote, September, unquote, um, is going to be October 1st um, at 7.30. It's a, it's a, I think it's a Saturday night. And um, we will be talking about estates and, you know, how to set up, how, how to set yourself up legally uh, as you go old, grow older. Um, to, um, you know, make the best of your situation and passing that along to the people that you want to have, uh, you know, inherit um, your stuff. <laughs> um, and then October, I believe we're going to be talking about the hearing, the new hearing aid uh, legislation that got passed, where uh, you can, act, if you use hearing aids, you actually can get hearing aids without a prescription from your drugstores. So we're trying to stay current. We're trying to give everybody the information that we can, you know, that they need. And um, I think I've spoken enough. So I'd love to have some questions if Michael, if we have time to, to do that. We can take one or two if there are any. Uh, Lucy, do we have any questions? It's do not I Lucy host? anymore. It's Travis. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And, Travis, and there well, are no questions. Thank you for hosting. Thank you. And there are no questions at this time. Like Lucy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right, well, well, thank you, uh, Michael and Ann, for inviting me and um, inviting AAVL. And we look forward to, um, uh, you know, working with uh, people in Kansas uh, if they want to join individually or if they want to form a chapter. Um, please let us know and, and we'll do whatever we can to help you uh, do that. Well, thank you very much. Uh, I know one of uh, the founding members of AABL was uh, uh, Bill Lewis, who is one of our members uh, from Kansas here. Uh, Bill isn't, uh, Bill is still with us, but he doesn't get on computer much anymore. So I don't believe he's with us today, but uh, he certainly has promoted AABL for many years. So, Thank you, Doug. You're uh, obviously doing some very active stuff. I just got an email from Tom Tobin, who said that in their presentation, he and Becky failed to give contact information that he wanted to get out. So I'm going to put that out for him real quickly before we go to the next person. Uh, their uh, address of uh, 
to email the organization is acbdaorg at gmail.com. So that's acbdaorg at. So this time the the org comes before the at. acbdaorg at gmail.com. Tom's email, if you wish to reach him, is t. Tobin, T, uh, pardon me, T L Tobin, uh, T O B I N. So that's T L Tobin at att.net. And uh, a contact telephone number is uh, area code 847-845-8375. So Tom, hopefully we got all that information on for you as we needed to. Um uh, the next person that we have uh, speaking is uh, the person who is probably guilty, and that's with my compliments for having us have this session. And that is, I'm trying to replicate uh, an idea that Denise Colley came up with at the National Convention for the Students and the Scholarship Winners. But Denise Colley is also uh, going to represent Braille Revival League and to talk about them as a special interest affiliate. So thank you very much, Denise, both for uh, your work with BRL and for giving uh, Ann and me the idea uh, to have this uh, event as a part of our state convention. Please take it away. Thank you, Michael. Well, I was just um, elected to the Office of President for the Braille Revival League back in um, July. So um, I'm fairly new at this, so hopefully I will remember everything that I want to tell you. The Braille Revival League has been in existence for over 40 years, and it was really created and still um, works to create um, the production, to promote the production, teaching, and use of Braille as what we consider the primary medium of literacy for blind people and people who uh, can make practical use of Braille. Um, We um, really like to look at a lot of things that are looking at Braille. And according to our constitution, really our objectives are uh, to engender a proper sense of uh, pride among all people in the fact that Braille is a method of reading and writing that is can, can, can render them as literate as um, those people reading print. To stimulate in, in blind people uh, a key awareness of the practical uses and the importance of Braille in their daily lives. <clears throat> to encourage all blind people to read and write Braille to make Braille instruction mandatory in schools and other educational facilities for the blind, which is an ongoing process, to make the mastering of Braille an integral part of the curriculum for training um, prospective teachers of the blind and visually impaired, to achieve a substantial increase in the output and availability of Braille material um, from the, our printing houses and libraries, and to encourage the maximum availability of information in Braille for consumers um, or providers of goods and services. <clears throat> and 
really, um, these things are still things that we're working on 40 years later. There are currently fewer printing houses producing hard copy Braille in this country. And NLS um, is developing approaches to help create a Braille on demand system. And they have their Braille on demand system, which does allow you to contact them to get a particular book in Braille that then is your book. And um, you you can request a book, one one book a month. Um, We view, and and we also, Look at um, we're we're really working to look at helping the NLS as is um, bringing out the new uh, inexpensive braille displays. And um, I don't know if Kansas is a pilot project yet. Fortunately, I'm in Texas right now, and we aren't. So um, we are. Oh, awesome! Which one do you guys are? Which one did you guys get? I, I will tell you, uh, Denise, yesterday, uh, Anne was uh, using her e-braille for uh, notes with this convention, and a couple of times during the day, her camera slipped down from her lovely face to her stomach, which had the uh, e-reader uh, resting on it, and we, for a while, and part of this was while our state library director was talking, so that was great. <laughs> Uh, we got to see her lovely uh, blue uh, indigo lacquered fingernails skittering across the controls and braille displays of the uh, e-reader. So you were doing it well. <laughs> we have the e-reader and we are a pilot project out of the Utah State Library. We don't have a braille library in Kansas anymore, but we're connected to Utah. So we got in on their coattails. So do you have the humanware one or the both? Yes, uh, we, we have Oh, Washington got the Vomax and eh. I, I love it. I, I wish we'd gotten the the humanware, but that's okay. I, I probably read more Braille in the last two years than I have in the last thirty. I there you go. <laughs> I really, really, really love it. Thank you. All right, didn't mean to interrupt your presentation. Did oh you? no, well I asked the question, so <laughs> okay. Um, so yearly dues, annual dues are $10 a year. Um, we also do have life memberships, um, and to pay your dues, if you want to join BRL or want to renew your membership in BRL, you just send an email to treasurer at braillerevivalleague.org and, um, you can pay your dues, um, of course, our memberships run on a calendar year, and um, we have, not only can you pay your dues that way, but we do have six um, affiliates, um, none of which you guys are, but I'll just tell you, we have uh, an affiliate in Pennsylvania, in Texas, in Florida, in California, in Illinois, and our brand new one in New York, so that's really exciting. Um, we have four committees um, with the BRL. We have our community outreach committee, our membership committee, our public awareness committee, and our publicity committee. And um, <clears throat> our member, our uh, community outreach committee, one of the things that they're currently doing is what they're calling the birthday card project. 
And um, they take four people who indicate an interest in doing this and match them. And then the four of you send birthday cards in Braille to each each other. And this has been um, a really a project that people, we've gotten a lot of good response about. People really like it. So, um, you know, let us know if you're not a part and you would like to be. Um, our public awareness committee is um, doing a couple of things. One is that the chair of that committee, who's also our secretary, Ralph Smitherman, put together, created and put together what are called alphabet sheets in print format. And what it is, it's a sheet and it has the braille cell and then each of the letters of the braille cell, the dots are highlighted um, for that particular letter. So you have the highlighted letter and then underneath it, you have the letter that it actually is. So people who are sighted can see what the um, braille cell looks like and what the um, dots are for each of the um, 26 letters. So we really think that is really cool. And we are um, sending those out to anybody who would like them. And if you have the ability to print a document in PDF, you can print copies and pass them around to people that you think would be interested because it's a really good way of getting Braille out. Um, as those of you who were at convention may remember, um, there was a resolution introduced um, that directs ACB to work with BRL to explore the best way to create a climate and an uh, expectation that Braille labels will be required on products produced and sold in the United States. And that resolution did pass. So we are going to be working with um, ACB to um, move this project forward. Um, in California, they... Um, now have, is it California? No, in Florida, Florida, excuse me. One of those states, can't remember now which one it is. Um, they have, um, I think it's in Florida. Um, they now are able to um, use hotels who actually have the, you know, the shampoos and the rent, uh, cream rinse and the uh, body, body wash with Braille labels. And so that's what got us started thinking about that. And um, we are hoping to move forward. We have a couple of events that you would, might be interested in. The first one is, um, first of all, we have a listserv, um, which all of a sudden got really active. It was not doing much for a while, but we do have a Braille list serve. If you want to um, subscribe to the serve, you send a blank email to Braille dash subscribe at acblists.org and then you'll get a message um, which you reply to then you'll um, then you'll be on the list and we put a lot of things out on that list we do have um, um, our website which um, you can get on it's www.braillerevivalleague.org um, we really encourage people to come onto our website because um, it, it does give you a lot of information and you get to see links to various things that we're doing. We are on Facebook, so you can find us there by typing in the word Braille Revival League. 
um, on the third Wednesday of even months. So that is February, April, June, August, October, and December at 7.30 Central Time, 8.30 Eastern Time. We have what's called the Braille Buzz. This, that's our membership focus call. And we um, bring in speakers on various um, topics and various issues related to Braille in, um, uh, in um, the last one, we had um, Orbit Research come on and tell us what was going on with Orbit and new displays that they're going to be coming out with and some of the things that they're doing. And the October call will be October the 19th. And on that one, um, oh, what's his name from... Um, I knew I was going to do that. I was going to forget. Um, National Braille Press is going to be there to talk to us about what's going on with uh, National Braille Press and some of the new stuff that they're doing. Brian McDonald. And so um, we we do send out the phone number and the, the Zoom code every uh, for each one of these. And if you're subscribed to the um, conversation, ACB conversation or ACB leadership or to BRL's web uh, list, you will get the information on when we have those. We also have our board meetings, which are on the second Monday of the odd numbered months. So that's um, January, March, May, July, September, and November. And so our November um, board meeting will be November the 14th at 7 p.m. Eastern time. And um, we really, it was an open board meeting. So we really encourage people to come and to, um, you know, see what we're talking about on the board and to provide input and comments and, you know, ideas. We're always looking for those kinds of things. Um, our uh, community call event is um, our grade three Braille class. This is on Thursday evenings at 9 p.m. Eastern time. And um, we, this one really, it challenges your Braille skills because what you're doing is learning it more. If you, if you don't know what grade three Braille is, it's kind of a more of a form of shorthand that you can use for everyday note-taking and personal writing. And so um, they do one lesson a week and um, they build upon, you know, your previous progress. So it has been really, really um, successful. And we're really glad that we can do that. Um, let's see, what else should I tell you? Um, we have, um, I'll just tell you our new board. Um, of course, I am president, and I'm currently residing in Texas. Mae Davis from North Carolina is our first vice president. Judy Dixon from Virginia is our second vice president. Ralph Smitherman from Mississippi is our secretary. Um, Jane Corona from Maryland is our treasurer. And board members are, excuse me, Patty Slaby, um, Chelsea Nicolay, uh, Debbie Deborah Armstrong, and Christine Hunsinger. So that's our board. 
and um, any one of us would be willing to, you know, meet with you and talk to you at any time. And I think that is all I have, unless people have questions. All right. Are there any uh, questions? Uh, and uh, Travis, I want to welcome you as our uh, as our uh, host at. Thank you for your service. I'm sorry I called you Lucy earlier. Uh, <laughs> that is totally fine. Up. There are no hands right now. Okay. Well, in that case, we will go on to the next person. Well, thank you very, very much. And, you know, uh, join us you. whenever you can. And thank you for all of the work that BRL is doing, uh, Denise. It's truly been an organization that uh, Ann and I have followed for years. I'm not a primary Braille user. She obviously is, but uh, we both have appreciated BRL over the years very much. Um, Thank you. The next person who is supposed to speak is Michael Mandel, Mike Mandel from FIA. And uh, full disclosure, the phone calls that I've been receiving while trying to moderate this panel were from Mike because for some reasons... And we don't know why, because I email Mike all the time. I'm treasurer of FIA, and he's president. Uh, our emails with the uh, links and so on are not reaching him uh, in the last couple of days. So finally, uh, I said, just go ahead and let me do it. Now, I had, had originally asked Mike to talk about FIA, not because I can't do it, in fact, when Denise had this uh, type of a presentation before the students and the scholarship winners, I represented FIA, but I'm fully aware that one is uh, never a, uh, a prophet in their own backyard. And uh, Mike is a uh, retired professional jazz uh, pianist. He is a, uh, 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 an author of a lot of music and... Uh, has his own uh, recording studio in New York. Uh, Mike actually was the author of the theme of the, the uh, theme for one of the soap operas. Do you remember which one, Ann? I think The Young and the Restless. I think it was The Young and the Restless, yes. And uh, he has appeared on that uh, soap opera numerous times as the the pianist in their bar when they have scenes in the piano bar. So Mike is a, a fascinating person, and I'm sorry that you're not having a chance to hear from him personally. But as the treasurer of FIA, my talking about Mike gives me the opportunity to segue into uh, the first of our programming that I want to talk about and try to forget that I'm from Kansas. That way you'll still think I know something. Uh, we have a podcast uh, as well on ACB Media. Uh, it's at 5 o'clock in the afternoon, and you'll have to look at the schedule because I always just look and try to attend if I can every time it's on, but I don't remember uh, which, which uh, I think it's a Wednesday of the month, but it, it is... Uh, uh, at uh, 5 Eastern time, so for our time here at Central Time. And at that podcast, uh, two people who are on our board of directors, Annie Chiapetta and uh, Peter Altschul, uh, go back and forth in uh, interviewing 
some wonderful artists, uh, usually people who are blind or visually impaired and are in some kinds uh, kind of the arts. And that includes writers. It includes uh, people who are in the performance arts, uh, music, singing, uh, etc. We are an organization of artists, but also arts lovers and arts patrons. We were organized in that manner. So if you in person do not do art, but you consume art, and who doesn't in some way, uh, we are very interested in having you join us in FIA. Some of the things that we have done uh, that uh, have been uh, appreciated, I know, by ACB over the years is for about the last, uh, oh gosh, uh, almost 40 years, we have had a showcase of the performing arts. Now that started out with just us scheduling a room and uh, with uh, no planning whatsoever, having anyone who wanted to get up and entertain uh, do it to becoming a very uh, professional live show that was done at conventions with uh, only really one sort of rehearsal. So it's amazing how professionally the group of folks has been able to put that together over the years. The last uh, couple of years, three years actually, I believe, we have, uh, because of COVID and so on, entered a new step in that the uh, showcase of the performing arts, which is a part of ACB, has been put together and done virtually over ACB media. And one of the things that we had planned to do that didn't end up materializing at the uh, convention in Omaha is we want to also have a uh, live station where if we have done that showcase of the performing arts as a broadcast and uh, as something that's been virtual, that there's also a chance for people to get together and socialize and enjoy it while at the ACB convention. We haven't quite decided how much we're going to try uh, to go virtual or uh, not go virtual, et cetera, uh, in uh, the next convention in Schomburg. But I guarantee you the showcase will continue on in ad infinitum. As far as uh, the programming that we are doing in addition to the art parlor, podcasts that I mentioned and I do want to mention about that that the current one we're running is actually an interview uh, this is a two-parter with our president uh, Mike I don't think will mind my telling you and he said to thank you all for their thank us for the invitation even though the email's not allowing him to join us but uh, I don't think Mike would mind telling you uh, by telling you that he is 80 years of age and he has a tremendous amount of uh, life stories about being a blind entertainer and studio uh, performer. Uh, just shortly after I got to know Mike Mandel, our president at ACB, I happened to uh, be uh, on a business trip and going through Grand Central Station in New York, and I heard this lovely uh, uh, voice cascading through the uh, main uh, dome at uh, Grand Central Station. 
And I walked up to the crowd that was listening, and it was a performer who was a uh, street singer named uh, Wendy Savitz. And she had a, a notepad that said, write your name and address, and if I ever make a compact disc, I'll let you know. So I put my name and address on that. She has had a couple of discs come out that I have purchased. And I noticed on one of them that where on some of the songs they list all the musicians that uh, Mike Mandel was her pianist for uh, those. So he does a lot of studio work and he still is uh, at 80 in active practice in his studio. Uh, so he's a very fascinating person and he is the type of blind artist and so on that we have been able to attract without in any way uh, minimizing the importance of the people who have been working with us over the years on our products of museum accessibility, uh, making certain that museums have greater access, uh, working with three and two-dimensional visual arts, fiber arts. Anybody who wants to be creative is somebody that we want to know about, and we would hope that you join us. We were publishing a uh, news magazine, the news literary magazine called The Art of the Bridge Tender uh, every quarter, and that was a benefit of membership. And I have to say that we have migrated from doing the log of the bridge tender into instead uh, entering the podcast and uh, art parlor world, the world of uh, reaching out more broadly. And so some people have asked us, well, what are the benefits of membership? Uh, since you're not sending out the newsletter anymore. And uh, I have to say that if you join us, we will make a point to uh, try to include you on the opportunity to work on committees, to keep in touch with you. And uh, certainly uh, we want as many insiders we can get. I'm going to brag a little bit in that uh, we also, like uh, I believe, uh, uh, the AVL group said that they did, uh, went from three to four votes on the convention floor because our uh, membership had increased a little bit. And uh, we do have now finally functioning again. And for a while, our website was completely down. Uh, we were uh, having it revitalized and so on. And then when we put it back up, it was kind of like the uh, original healthcare uh, website uh, for Obamacare that our former governor Kathleen uh, Sebelius misdesigned. Uh, it didn't work right away, but we made repairs and have it working now. And like some of the other affiliates have mentioned, we are fully integrated where you can uh, uh, join on our website and uh, the uh, it migrates to PayPal. So you can pay us that way. Our website for this new web and I have to do this like Peter Altschul, our uh, recording secretary, does. He, on our old website, had this up, and I think we've got it up now on the new, new one, where uh, he introduces it saying, we are FIA.org, or friendsinart.org. We're actually friendsinart.org. Uh, at Conventions, we do workshops in all of the areas that uh, I have mentioned. Uh, we have a writer's workshop every year. Uh, we have uh, 
workshops on MIDI and uh, uh, electronic music, and we support the MIDI Mag, which is another very popular uh, publication among people who are involved with electronic music. Uh, We are the arts arm of ACB. Uh, We have worked, however, closely with the people who uh, do a couple of other writers' podcasts on uh, ACB Media, etc. And we want to continue to be your art source. Now, last year, uh, at the last convention, most of our workshops that we did were actually done virtually. And we are working to bring you more uh, live and virtual combination workshops next year and uh, uh, we we really want to uh, receive as many members as possible uh, I have mentioned quite a few people on our board of directors Andy Chiapetta uh, Peter Altschul, uh Mike Mandel of course our president myself I also want to mention that uh, Nancy Pendergraph who has uh, put together the uh, you've got to have harp uh, workshops that we've had the last two or three years uh the first one of those also included uh, lynn huddle our past president who sadly died very suddenly a couple of years ago uh mike moved up from uh the uh vice presidential position and uh, then the organization in its very astute wisdom decided to keep him uh so uh he continues to be our president uh Derek Lane is a uh, uh, a young and very exciting uh, trumpeter, and uh, I believe he also plays the drums. Uh, Peter Altschul, by the way, is a drummer. Uh, I'm pleased to say that we have had uh, winners of our scholarship the last uh, several years from a number of art forms, including the uh, visual and three-dimensional visual arts. So, uh, we most years have had an art parlor at the convention where Elsie Monte, who is a longtime board member and uh, uh, worker on on the visual arts field, um, Elsie from Iowa, has uh, put together an art exhibit. We weren't able to do that last year, but we're looking at trying to bring that back for the conventions, and it gives people an opportunity to hands on. Uh, examine art uh, created by professional blind artists. We did have uh, Jenny Owens uh, join us uh, for several events uh, a few years ago. Jenny is a uh, uh, a, a recording artist in the gospel field and has had several numbers that have made the gospel top 40. Uh, she did uh, sort of a star spot on our showcase one year. That was the year that uh, the uh, caller from the bingo uh, par- uh, parlor in the hotel got uh, inadvertently pumped into our art uh, into our showcase, so we had to pause it for a while while we got that fixed. And it was quite entertaining when that happened. Uh, but uh, Jenny then was brought back as your banquet speaker. You will remember, uh, was that at the New York convention? I believe it was, and. Uh, uh, did a delightful uh, banquet uh, presentation, uh, and she still is releasing albums that are doing very well. So we've kept in touch with her and with a number of other 
professional artist. That's the one that just happens to stick in my mind right now. So uh, I hope that you can forget the fact that uh, I'm somebody you hear from all the time because I'm from Kansas and the president of the Kansas affiliate. I'm also proudly the treasurer of friendsinart.org. And uh, we want your participation and we're very proud of what we do. And uh, okay. Thank you very much, Michael. I appreciate that presentation. I'm sorry that uh, you weren't able to get uh, Michael Mandel hooked up with this, but uh, I guess you did an adequate presentation. Now uh, we're going to move on to the next person, unless there are questions. Do we have any questions for Michael in his treasurer's capacity with FIA? We have none. Okay, well, I either messed it all up or covered it all appropriately. Uh, anyway, the next one that we have is uh, Kristen Keeling, uh, and she is from ACBNG, Next Generation, whom I know we've mentioned several times. Uh, Kristen, you, I thought I saw you on here. Are you on here? I am. Can you hear there me? you are. Yes. So, hello, I'm Kristen Kelling. Um, I am a director for ACB Next Generation on the board. I also co-chair our programs committee, which I'll talk about. I'm going to get over to my presentation here that I wrote up so I didn't forget anything. And I apologize for mispronouncing your name. It, you know what? It's okay. I, I get a lot of things. So, um, so I want to start with an overview. Um, the mission um, of of ACB Next Generation is to advance the professional and personal development of the next generation members of the American Council of the Blind. Our vision is to create an inclusive environment through professional and personal experiences thereby transforming the perceived value of advocacy organizations of the blind and visually impaired. Um, our members, um, and I will tell you that we're just over two years old. We're about two and a half years old. We were an affiliate or a committee first. Um, so we're, we're a very young affiliate yet. Um, so that's kind of exciting. So our members, um, we're primarily made up of young parents, students and uh, students and recent graduates and young professionals. Um, it's, we're primarily geared at those under 40. However, we're happy to have anybody join our, uh, our group. So if you're over 40, you may join as a supporting member. And we, we have several that that serve within our membership. So that's, um, and so we're definitely happy to have you. Um, our, our dues is $15 a year. Oh, and I should say somebody had asked me this question already. Um, if I did my count correct, we have 114 members. Uh -huh. We have one state affiliate we are in Kentucky and I believe we are working on possibly some more 
opportunities for states to participate as uh, and have an affiliate. Um, so some of our membership perks are, um, we have an exclusive uh, Facebook Messenger group uh, called the, the ACB Next Gen Lounge. Um, and that is for, um, for members only. You have to be a member to be a, a part of that. Um, you, you have the ability to promote content on our Facebook group, um, the ACB Next Generation Neighborhood, the Messenger Lounge, and on our public uh, groups.io email list. You have the ability to start and moderate rooms in our clubhouse. If you are, um, if you are a part of our club with an ACB Next Generation on Clubhouse, and you have, um, and you are a member, then you are are promoted to leader status. Um, you if you have the ability to serve on committees, we have several uh, great committees that you can serve on. Um, we have our convention committee, our constitution and bylaws committee, our fundraising committee, programs. Um, let's see, convent, and then and so many others, publications, public relations, membership. Uh, we have a, so those are just some of the, the committees that we have. Um, I might be forgetting some our uh, the ability to serve on our board and the ability to vote and um, we're actually going to be holding elections for officers in December and also for some new amendments that we may have um, the ability to take advantage of opportunities to receive financial assistance to um, DC leadership and we have paid people's registration fee for the convention for members. We also have an assistive technology grant that we did this year for members so they they applied and um, we were able to award a grant this year. And then we also have member spotlights and, and the member spotlights are basically they get interviewed and they get put on our um, on our YouTube. Um, and I believe that they're also working on a podcast. Um, so some of the upcoming things um, to highlight. Um, we do our monthly Saturday Night Live hangout, which we have done them on community. Um, this particular one that we're doing tonight is on audio description and particularly discussing what people's favorite movies and TV shows are, maybe something that they wish was on audio description. Um, essentially, the Saturday Night Live Hangouts are meant to be more fun and more social type events. Um, this one tonight is not on community, but um, but we are having one at seven o'clock Eastern, or yes, 
we have our monthly education, which is, oh, and the Saturday Night Lives are always the fourth Saturday. Um, we also have the monthly education, which is the third Tuesday. Um, we did not want to have one this month, but last month we had Ray Campbell and Melanie Sanoe, who presented on note-taking, an effective strategy for note-taking. We'll be having our next one on October 18th, and it's going to be, um, right now we're planning on it being note-taking, and it's the tech side, so different devices that people use to take notes. Um, we also currently have a quarterly newsletter called The Next Gen Insight, and And then we also are launching a, men a mentoring program this year that's it's different than the ACB one in that it's not just targeted at leadership, though leadership is part of it. Um, people can also have, you know, focus on things such as looking for a job or, or you know, being employed, being a professional or being a student. Uh, different skills of that nature um, whatever whatever if we if if they essentially want to to know about to learn a new skill of that nature then they can apply for this program um, we're also going to be launching a cookbook this year that's one of our can be one of our fundraisers and more information will be coming out within the next few weeks about that. Um, so the next thing that I wanna do is tell you about our board because other people have and I, um, so our president is Amanda Selm. Our first vice is Matt Selm. Second vice is Melanie Sanoe. Secretary is Greg Lindberg. Our treasurer, is Maria Kristich and our board members are Mo Carpenter, Shane Aguilera, and myself and Cassie Trosper and Ann Um, So to contact us, um, our website is acbnextgeneration.org. Our email is nextgen at gmail.com. We are on Facebook. Um, we have a public Facebook page and we have the ACB Next Generation neighborhood, which um, if you, which anybody can join. We have Clubhouse, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok. Um, and you can, subscribe to our groups.io list by, by sending a blank email to main plus subscribe at acbnextgeneration.groups.io. Um, yeah, I think that's all I had as, as part of my presentation. I don't know if there was anything else that you wanted me to cover. So um, well, thanks again for, for having me.
Well, we appreciate it very much. Uh, we are an affiliate that, quite frankly, a lot of people are a little bit older than uh, mm-hmm. the next generation crowd, but we want to change that. And uh, certainly uh, we're excited about uh, Next Gen being a part of ACB nationally. And we look forward uh, to your technical assistance in bringing more people in your primary age group into be with us. And I know a lot of affiliates are in the same position that we are. And so I think it's very exciting that uh, this that this uh, affiliate grew up within ACB and is continuing to grow and thrive. So uh, thank you very much. Uh, we do have one, I think it's one more presenter. Yes. And she's been patiently waiting through all of these others. She was here for the whole thing. Uh, bless her heart. And uh, uh, that is, uh, she's the last one because uh, we were also going to hear from uh, Library Users of America, but Brian Charlson covered that in his earlier presentation so he could go off and gorge himself at a food show, which, uh, cooking and food show, which I'm sure he is enjoying doing as we speak. Uh, The last presenter of our affiliate group that was able to attend and there are a few others that are very interesting affiliates, but uh, just weren't able to have someone with us today. Uh, there's the students group that we didn't hear from, and uh, they're a very active group. Uh, there is uh, Blind Pride International, which has been a wonderful addition to ACB and has brought uh, a lot of uh, new members and a lot of excitement in. Uh, so, uh, and I'm probably leaving out some other affiliates, but those are two that we were not able to feature that I uh, am particularly think are on the move. CCLVI has been around for a long time, and it's had its downsides and its upsides, but it's moving back up now. Uh, Patty Cox is doing a great job as uh, their president, but uh, she is traveling today and offered to call in by... Uh, a mobile phone from the road and we suggested that maybe if she could find somebody else to represent cclbi that would be the better thing to do uh, because sometimes it's really hard to pe- hear people from the road shall we say and so ably representing cclbi today is someone who is also a member of your national board of publications zelda gephardt Hi, Michael. And although, hello to all of of Kansas and anybody else who's listening from wherever you are. Um, Kansas has got a very um, warm place in my heart. I was born in Kansas. I currently reside in North Dakota. And I'm very happy to represent uh, the Council of Citizens with Low Vision today as the first vice president of our organization. So um, I... I really wanted to explain a little bit about our special interest affiliate. We're we're happy and proud to be one of the many wonderful uh, special interest affiliates of ACB. And as you've heard today, um, you know, there's just so much going on. And and we we tend to like to be with those who have uh, similar interests and um, similar passions and as as a low vision group, you might suspect that we would be focusing on 
low vision issues, and we do. Um, that's that's what we do. Uh, but though our primary focus is is living with low vision, everyone is welcome to join our organization. Um, as Michael said, we've been around a long time. Um, I wasn't there in the beginning, um, but I have been there for um, about 10 years now. And um, we were organized in, in the 70s, I believe. So yes. uh, we have about um, 250 members. So we, we maintain that. We, we lose a few and gain a few. Um, there's usually uh, new people going through um, the, you know, on that road of, of vision loss, unfortunately. And we're here to uh, connect them with services and information and, and with one another. Um, so whether you're sighted, low vision, or blind, you're, you're always welcome at CCLVI. And we tend to use that CCLVI, and we say it really quickly, but it is Council of Citizens of Low Vision International, um, kind of a mouthful. And, and as Anne said, kind of, kind of alphabet soup here, um, all, of our, all of our acronyms. Um, we 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 are dedicated to providing that information and support to help people live their best lives, and we do that by um, doing several different things. We sponsor regular Zoom calls, and even prior to the p- pandemic, we had one going that's been going for many years, and that is a monthly call on the third Tuesday of each month. We have Let's Talk Low Vision, and um, and and we have continued to to keep that going, but have added to that three other weekly calls. So on some weeks we have four calls, which is kind of robust, but we we do have um, support to keep that going. Um, We have a a Monday evening call, a Thursday evening call, and and a Friday morning call. So, um, and those, I can't even begin to tell you what the plethora of of different topics that we've covered, but it it could be on technology, travel, uh, cooking. Uh, We have a regular book discussions on a monthly basis. Uh, We have twice a month, we we do some fun things like game nights and and, and sometimes we just have a, a, a round the table chat where you can bring up um, what's up in your life, what, what's going on and what you need help with and uh, what's troubling you or, or you might bring up what's a success in your life, what you've learned how to do um, and, and get somebody else enthused about doing something similar. Um, we are part of the, the ACB community. So all of our sessions um, are listed on that. So, you know, check us out on the community schedule. Um, if you if you don't receive the community schedule, and um, you can also go to our website, which is cclvi.org, or send um, and sign up there, or send an email to our cclvi webmaster at gmail.com. Um, that's cclvi webmaster at gmail.com to join our email list and we do have a have a chat list uh, not not lots and lots of activities so we're not going to fill up your inbox but on occasion there's some really good stuff in there uh, we have an announced list which is where you will find the information about our community calls and um, and what book we're reading for the month and and that type of thing um, 
so um, we also have a members only list. And as I said, we have about 250 members. Um, we sponsor workshops at, at the annual ACB convention. And truly, that's how I found out about CCLVI. I wouldn't have known anything existed. But I started going to the, the national convention. And as I was reading through what options were there, I found myself gravitating to all of these um, workshops that were being sponsored by CCLVI and decided, hmm, maybe I should be a part of this group. So like I said, it, it, it's usually on things that, you know, whether you were born with low vision or um, your vision has, has gradually reduced, uh, you know, through the years, um, we're, we're the organization for you um, because we we are able to get together and share uh, what we have learned, um, you know, and and also um, as our call on on Thursday night, we had a tabletop Thursday call, and and our topic on Thursday was about volunteerism and what that can do for your life. And there were people on the call that talked about how. It actually um, opened the door to employment. Um, you know, they volunteered in a, in a situation and that led to some gainful employment. Well, that's, that's a pretty, pretty positive thing. And even if it, you're not looking for employment, um, volunteering to be on a committee in an organization such as CCLVI can really... Um, you know, let you use your abilities and your skills that you've learned down through the years or or learn new skills that you can use that will better suit you for um, other opportunities as well. So um, we also have had the distinct uh, pleasure of of being of facilitating the giving of of three three thousand uh, dollar scholarships. Fred Scheigert um, is the is the money behind that he finances it but we put it into action unfortunately we lost fred this summer um oh, his yeah his his wife has has graciously offered to continue the scholarships and in fact she's planning to add a fourth scholarship to that so not only do these individuals whether you're young or old if you're seeking um to further your education um, and you have vision loss, um, you'd be willing, you know, you'd be um, qualified to um, to apply for one of the scholarships. Um, we give one for a freshman college student, one for an under someone seeking undergraduate um, degree, and some one for a um, graduate um, degree. So we we kind of spread it around, and we're we're very. Um, very thankful for uh, the generosity of Fred and now his his wife um, for sponsoring those so that we can play a part in somebody's education. Uh, we also um, have a Janinsky um, magnifier grant. And um, in the last couple of years, we have given away iPads. Um, we gave away three in 2021 and 2022. Um, those are devices that many of you are, are familiar with that can help people um, 
you know, enlarge things so that we keep keep doing those things that we need to do, um, like answering all those emails. Um, we advocate for issues like uh, low vision devices from Medicare and more. Um, you know, we advocate for um, accessible uh, large print menus and and things on that nature. Um, our website, uh, cclvi.org, has some great um, low vision resources and on our resource page um, to to connect you with with information um, to help you uh, with your daily life um, to just make things a little easier. And um, that might be other organizations or or agencies. Um, and to find out more about CCLVI and low vision um, and to get more low vision information, uh, we also have, if you're not a computer user, we have an audio information line. Um, and that number is 773-572-6315. And, um, we have various bits of information there, um, such as our um, newsletter uh, is done um, in audio format on that. Our newsletter is, uh, we produce that every other month. So there's six issues a year. Um, and um, you can also talk directly anytime you know, well, not anytime, but between nine and nine probably. Um, to a CCLVI member, and this is a toll-free number. Um, that's 844-460-0625. Again, that number is 844-460-0625. And, um, and get either the information right at that time or get transferred to somebody else the, to provide you with that information. So um, if you'd like to become a member or if you know somebody who is struggling with vision loss and you think might benefit from talking and being around, uh, talking to people with vision loss or um, being around us and getting the information that we uh, share um, you can contact me as I am also our, our membership chairperson at CCLVI membership at gmail.com. That's CCLVI membership at gmail.com. Um, you know, and I'll be happy to answer any questions you might have or help you. Um, you know, if, if you want to do a paper form, that's fine. Or if you'd like to, we, we do have, um, as, as many of the other affiliates have said, we do have an online form and it's hooked right up to, to PayPal or you can use debit or credit card with that also. So there's many ways you can become um, a part of CCLVI. Uh, we do have um, some CCLVI affiliates. Uh, we have currently have four. Um, that is the California Council of Citizens with Low Vision and the Delaware Valley Council of Citizens with Low Vision, um, Kentucky Council of Citizens with Low Vision, and New York State Council of Citizens with Low Vision. So 
um, that's another another opportunity and the phone is always ringing. <laughs> um, I don't know. I was kind of speeding through things because I know I was looking at your timeline there, Michael, and I want to not. And we're only about 10 minutes over overall. And uh, uh, the, our last two things that we're doing are both recording. So no one, uh, no human being is waiting besides the audience. Okay. You did an excellent presentation. Uh, do uh, first of all, uh, is it still? Uh, I, I'm not sure who our our host is at the moment, but uh, it is Sheila now. It's Sheila. Okay, hi Sheila, and thank hi, you Michael. for service. Uh, we don't have any raised hands, do we? No, sir. Okay. Well, in that case, I want to add, uh, make a comment and ask a question. Sure. First of all, I was. I somehow missed that we had lost Fred Scheigert. Fred, I'm a life member of CCLVI, although I haven't been terribly active in the recent years. But Fred and I have been uh, friends for over 40 years, I think, or 35 anyway. And I remember when I was on the CCLVI board having some very pleasant uh, dinner conversations with Fred. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many of you knew Fred from ACB lore, but Fred was a gentleman of some means who had low vision and was a very capable, intuitive gentleman, but he had a stuttering problem. So uh, it was kind of important to sit down and really communicate with Fred once in a while. And I cherish the fact that I had the opportunity to do so on a couple of occasions. I'm very sorry to hear that we lost him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he did pass in, in July. I'm and, so sorry to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, he, he will truly be missed. Um, you know, he, he was very, um, very much a listener. Like you said, yes. he, he, he didn't often say anything unless he really had something to say. And I think that's a, that's a skill that we could all, um, <laughs> adopt and, and, you know, be better for it. But, um, that is something sometimes. But I do want to mention one other very significant person, in my view, who's involved with CCLBI. And I'll say what I know about him, and then I'd like you to fill in the blanks, because some of your podcasts and events that you talked about have featured Let's Talk Low Vision with Dr. Bill. And that features a gentleman named Dr. Bill Takashita, whom I know to have been a an ophthalmologist, I mean, an optometrist, uh, somewhat specializing in low vision. And then he lost, I believe, all of his own vision and is now a researcher and uh, widely published. And he's been very supportive as a technical consultant to CCLVI. And when I was in graduate uh, school uh, studying to be a certified orientation and mobility specialist, I was working on a paper where I was heavily depending on research published by Dr. Bill. And I came up with a question and I thought, well, I don't know this guy at all but maybe he's you know i think i'll try to call and see if i can get an answer to this or a clarification and i called and got his answering service and i explained who i was and what i wanted and they said oh a researching graduate well he'll want to talk with you and uh, they forwarded to his cell phone and i ended up talking to him while he was in some kind of a reception and he still gave me the time and answered my questions and then ann and i attended what we thought was one of the best lectures that we have ever heard uh, about medical issues in low vision, but presented at a uh, level that uh, 
uh, non-medical people could understand it. And so could you talk about uh, some of Dr. Bill's uh, uh, involvement in CCLVI or did I cover it? Well, you, you've covered it very well. Um, we, we are very proud of, of Dr. Bill and his contributions. Um, he has not only lent his professional um, you know, perspective to things, but he has um, had guests on, on the monthly calls down through the years. Um, and because of his, both his um, own personal experience with vision loss and his his involvement as a um, professional, um, you know he's he knows the questions to ask, and he's just a very nice man. Oh, um, he's he's not always available to to be on on our monthly calls, but we still um, do the the let's talk low vision, um, and it's not always with Dr. Bill, but but we 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 embrace the chances that we get to have him on. Well, thank you so much. You're welcome. And yeah. I don't mind being last uh, with a name like Zelda. You know, it's the end of the alphabet. <laughs> I'm I'm pretty trained to be last, so it's okay. Thank well, you thank very much. Thank you very much. And you did a wonderful job of representing your president, and uh, uh, we appreciate it. Moving on to our next event that we have, uh, we had an election yesterday. And the one new person elected to our board is certainly not new to us. It's a lady named Kim Morrow, Kimberly Morrow. And Kimberly Morrow was uh, a uh, scholarship winner from both the ACB scholarship funds and from ours in the state of Kansas uh, back when she was in uh, uh, graduate school and undergraduate school. She is now uh, in her 50s. So. Uh, she's still too old to uh, be the prime uh, uh, focus for next gen, but uh, in our group, why she's one of the young bucks still, and uh, uh, or buckresses, I guess I should say. But Kim has done some wonderful things, and I will tell you that when I contacted Kim to uh, uh, get on the board of uh, to see if she'd run for the board of directors. Uh, well, I noticed her email uh, had the term Dr. Kim in it. And so I said, I guess I should be calling you Dr. Kim, my old friend now. And she said, well, you can call me that. You guys help pay for it. So uh, she certainly remembers her uh, scholarship time. And uh, uh, Anne really wanted to do her as one of our uh, Where Are They Now reports on scholarships. And do you have anything to add before we play the interview that you recorded with Kim? And through this, we got some more door prizes, though. And we got some more door prizes, so maybe we ought to do the last two door prizes now, and uh, then people can listen to your interview with Kim, which I hope people will listen to because Kim is fascinating, and we're delighted to have her on our board of directors now, and uh, also. Uh, and had a, a uh, uh, something on the subject uh, of uh, the history of Braille that we were going to do. But as we have some people dropping off who may be getting tired, and I'd like to have uh, a larger audience when we do that, maybe we'll hold that for next year. Uh, history th lessons can be relevant from one year to the other. Maybe we can, maybe unless we can. you're a... Uh, member of certain political groups, history doesn't change. 
player first and then do the door prizes. Uh, okay, play Kim, and then there's going to be two more door prizes for people who want to hang yeah. around to hear who wins those. You do not have to be present to win, however. We are going to uh, do something that I've been, this is Ann Byington, by the way. We're going to do something that I've been wanting to do for a long, long time. And that is to talk to <clears throat> some of our previous KABVI scholarship winners and find out what they're doing, how they're doing, what they uh, gained from getting scholarships. I know, Kim, you got, we have Kim Morrow with us from, where are you in Kansas City or Overland Park? Kim? I'm here. Can you say that again, please? Are you in Kansas City or Overland Park? Oh, at this point, I'm in Overland Park, yes. I, okay. I, Okay, well, <clears throat> um, I know it was years and years ago that you won uh, KABVI and ACD scholarships. I happened to be on the committee at the time that you were awarded some ACB ones. Uh, and I know you got your PhD in something. You want to talk about that a little bit? Sure. Um, I got my PhD in educational policy and leadership. And I got my MA in German and my BA in German and Spanish. Uh, BA is from Baker, and then the uh, MA and PhD are uh, both from uh, the University of Kansas. And that's all thanks to a lot of wonderful people, a lot of wonderful scholarships, and you know, some of my own money too. But um, KEBVI and ACB were just a really instrumental part of my obtaining my college and graduate degrees, and their belief in me was just really appreciated and. and uh, and very incredible. So uh, I really, I really appreciated the help. So that was from, uh, well, I started college in 87. And uh, as far as I can recall, I got scholarships of one type or another continuously through the end of my graduate career uh, in 99 when I obtained my PhD. So I have a lot to be thankful for. I think I joined the scholarship committee in 86 or seven. So <clears throat> We, we had some dealings with each other at that point. Um, I have a couple questions. I, I too did some study in French and uh, I had a lot of trouble getting books that I could read in Braille. What, how did you manage that or what strategies did you use to get your foreign language books? I tell you, I, I have a story about that. All the way through Baker, I was very insistent that I get my foreign language books in Braille. And of course, at that time, there were no computers. And so I would order my books. And my professors at Baker were absolutely wonderful about giving me my uh, book orders uh, three months ahead of time so I could order the book. And at least part of it would be transcribed by the time I needed it. And, and I paid out of my own pocket. And it was, you know, maybe eight or $900 total for all of my Braille books. And I thought that that process would just go along uh, just as usual when I got to the University of Kansas for graduate school. Well, uh-uh. <laughs> I paid $900 for one book that was 26 volumes called Ludenbrook oh. at that uh, in graduate school. Um, and the first day of class, uh, the professor said, we're going to change books. And- oh, no. I'm just devastated and uh, 20, 22 years old at that point. And 
so anyway, I, I waited until after class and I approached him and explained my situation that I paid $900 for this book. And he said, uh, young lady, it is my prerogative uh, as professor of this, this uh, session to uh, decide whether, uh, you know, what books we are going to be reading. And if you can't handle it, you can get out. So I knew at that point that I could no longer have my books in Braille and getting them on tape wasn't going to be very possible either um, because of the limited number of people who knew German. So I knew that if I was going to get anything done, I was uh, not going to rely on disabled student services. I was going to do it on my own. And for the most part, uh, I had a little bit of help from DSS, but for the most part, I got it done myself. I hired readers and I used a cassette recorder at that time and a slate and stylus and a braille writer to take notes. And um, I had people in and out of my apartment uh, pretty much eight or nine hours a day, one person, then the next, then the next that I hired to read to me. So um, that's how I handled uh, the whole situation through graduate school. Then I got to education and that was a bit of a relief because I, um, I could get some of my books and what I couldn't get, there were of course more readers that could read English than that could read German. So that kind of cut down on um, what, I, what I had to uh, hire done for myself, uh, which did not involve disabled student services. So at that point, things got a little easier when I switched from German back to English for my PhD. So uh, virtually nothing in Braille at that point. And of course, very little uh, on the computer. We didn't have uh, Bookshare. Um, I did everything in DOS and WordPerfect, including my dissertation. So different age, different day. How did you, uh, how did you manage doing the research for your dissertation? Readers again, um, and they insisted uh, disabled student services when I did work with them to have an occasional reader, they insisted that I know every bit of the Dewey Decimal System. Um, I couldn't just, you know, they said, this is strictly your eyes. So it was a bit more pressure put on me because I had to actually learn how the library was set up and uh, I could only say, go to card so-and-so, look in ca catalog so-and-so, um, so that was an additional burden on me. Not only was I getting my readers, uh, but if I went through disabled student services, um, I had to actually know how to tell them what ca card, what catalog I wanted and, and so forth. So, um, in addition to working with their readers, I finally hired a lot of my own so I could go faster, but again, nothing in Braille. Uh, no accommodations of any kind. I just did it all myself with readers. Did you um, hire somebody to help you type your thesis? Uh, the final one, not the not the uh, ones in between that were just being looked over, but um, I did for my final. I wanted it to look nice and wanted to make sure that I had cited all my sources and, you know, didn't leave anything out there and and uh, so I wanted I wanted a second pair of eyes at that point. So yes, I did, and and uh, I it was again it was typed in Word Perfect. <laughs> well, at least the, you, at least I, you have that. I typed mine on a typewriter, <clears throat> and I didn't have the book in Braille either that I was writing about. And so, fortunately for me, my my major professor liked to type, and he said 
I don't know what people's problem is with this, but I will type your thesis for you. Oh. I will get the footnotes and everything set up correctly as, you know, I know that you know how to do it because I did, I did type the initial draft myself, but of course it wasn't perfect. It was me typing in without a computer to be able to go back and reread what I'd written and no scanners. And, no. And and for Ernest Hemingway, I, I wrote mine on Islands in the Stream, which is one of his last books. And right. one of the characters' name was Roger. And he yeah. spelled it all the way through the book R-O-D-G-E-R, which I didn't know because I'd been listening to the book and not reading it. In, no, that yeah. I read it yeah. and I know that. Really weird. I'll turn the um, table moment and ask you what your, your uh, degree was in. Do you have a master's or a doctorate? I have a master's in English, which was absolutely useless, but <laughs> I have it. So. You know, it they, all degree, the degrees aren't actually useless. You, you actually implement what you've learned in just the course of your daily life in your writing. Now you're right. writing, you know, you're writing the KBVI newsletter, and I'm sure that what you learned, you know, goes into that. Well, we'll hope so, because it was certainly a lot of work, and... Um, so I would like to know then, once you got out of school, uh, you what, what did you do? What, what kind of jobs did you have? Well, I, I uh, what, after I got my doctorate, I um, started looking for uh, colleges where I could just teach, you know, one class. And then usually that's how you start. You teach one class at this college and one class at this college. And then eventually, you know, you get hired. Right. And right and so forth um but uh in the process of doing that while i was looking uh as an interim job i uh was asked to write grants for the kemper museum of contemporary art uh there was a very specific grant going on in 1999 for a project called access to art uh, and it was uh, making art it, it was a day of making art more accessible for blind and visually impaired people. Hopefully now we're coming a long way that um, we do it more than just one day, uh, one day, one special day to have access. Right. But, but it was. And so uh, when that happened, um, I, um, I, I wrote for them and then their press person quit in the middle of the project. Well, oh, you know, oh was crucial yeah. um, and so I offered to go ahead and do that and I absolutely loved it loved every minute of it the media uh, was fun to work with and it was uh, they we had some really great people uh, on board here in the media in Kansas City uh, we had Dina Michaels and we had Darcy Blake and Dan Hurst and we had uh, Walt Bodine he was a huge right. uh, I know, I know who he was. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you know, a lot of great people, and I loved, I loved doing it. And and uh, they got uh, quite a number of interviews. And so I thought, you know, if I love doing it this much, well, I'm, uh, you know, searching for the job that I'm, I'm kind of interested in getting teaching. Um, I, I think I'm going to do another internship. So I got an internship in media relations at UMKC. And while I was in the middle of that internship, I uh, met a friend um, that said that I should talk to uh, a gentleman that she uh, was acquainted with at Unity Temple because they had a director of communications position open. 
and I did and uh, got the job and stayed there for a couple of years and then was promoted up to uh, working at the world headquarters in Unity Village and uh, totally different field than I ever thought I'd be working in, but uh, it, it was great and uh, I enjoyed it very much. And so you never know where life is going to take you. And it, it's just, you know, one step after another and you kind of follow where life leads you and uh, the benefits were good and uh, I, the salary was decent and um, I just made the decision at that point to change fields and I never regretted it. So I did that for a number of years and uh, then 50 was coming up <laughs> <laughs> and I decided that I wanted to follow another dream that I'd had for a long time and so uh, with the support of my wonderful family and good friends, I started my own business. And so I've been in that since November of 18. And I am a Library of Congress certified Braille proofreader. I proofread for uh, organizations all over the United States. And then I also uh, am a foreign language translator. And so I primarily translate in German and Spanish. And I proofread in German, Spanish, and French, and of course, English, the occasional Braille music score, things along those lines. So I, I love working from home. I love having more autonomy. Um, you know, I was the only blind employee in um, a sighted uh, a, a workplace of, of sighted people, and it worked out well, but I'm really enjoying this. Wow, that's how many certifications do you have in Braille then? Um, well, I, I only have the, I have two, I have the EBAE, which uh, is the certification that preceded our current UEB standard. And I have, I had the EBA certification for one day in 2015 and planned, planned actually to just kind of do my uh, proofreading on the site at that point, uh, along with working full time had my EBAE for one day when it uh, became invalid. <laughs> because Oh dear didn't become invalid, but it's like, well, everything's going to UEB. It's like right. having, you know, doing iOS 12, but now we're in iOS 15, you know? Right. So anyway, I, I decided at that point to go get my UEB certification. So um, I did that partially through a certification program from NFB, and then I took a test to finish up the rest of it so that I could move along more quickly when I decided that, I was ready to start my own business. So um, I got that certification. So I have essentially EBAE and UEB. Well, I don't have all those certifications. I do also do some Braille publishing. Um, what do you, what, can you tell about or talk a little bit about how you work around the fact that Braille is quite expensive, even at, even at, um, Oh, what's the word I want? Even in terms of uh, small press publishers or, or individual publishers and paper costs are going on and so forth. Are there things that you won't transcribe? Are there things that you, uh, tell me about your pricing structure. Okay, well, first of all, um, I don't transcribe, I proofread. Oh, I'm sorry, yes. So I try to go paperless if at all possible because now with the advent of the e-reader from the Library of Congress, we have more students who are able to take an SD card 
and download their BRF textbook files onto an SD card. And so I want to see those files in the way that the student is going to see those files. Right. So right. a, a Braille display for much of my work. Um, if I find that there is a problematic um, error, you know, if there's an error somewhere on a page, then I will emboss it uh, in Braille so that I can really see the line number and, and what kind of error we're dealing with here. So um, I primarily use a Braille display to proofread my work. Um, but I, I do emboss the work if, if there's something where format is uh, essential or, you know, I always let them know up front when I'm, when I'm doing it on a Braille display versus uh, embossing it. So um, and paper costs, you know, unfortunately, I have to kind of pass that along to the uh, client. And so a lot of times if I need to emboss uh, large amounts of materials, and that has to be reflected in my pricing structure. So, and I, I do, you know, of course, there's wear and tear on my Braille embosser, and um, my goodness, to purchase the warranty and everything is is very expensive. So, um, I'm just very careful about uh, what I emboss and how much I emboss versus doing a lot of it paperless. And again, on the other end, um, a lot of students are going paperless now. Right. I, I too am a Braille e-reader user, but I'm not using it in the way that, that you do. Although I could do that with my newsletter. I need to look at that a little bit more maybe. But yeah. um, the, the uh, and, and the and transcribing I do is for mostly for, well, I haven't done much lately, but a lot of times it's for, um, oh, hospice or uh, I used to do the bus schedules, which were quite interesting to do because they had maps with them, which I couldn't create, right. but I would do a narrative version of the schedule. I guess, it, I don't know if they didn't like mine or what, but the Independent Living Center people are doing that now, which is fine with me, because right. I well, to, be so careful you, When you take on a transcribing assignment, especially that you're able to handle it, because a lot of it ironically involves vision, you know, like tactile graphics. Um, you know, uh, I, proofreading those. I'm very selective in what I will proofread in tactile graphics because I realize that some of it without seeing the print, um, I'm not going to be able to give the input that a transcriber who could see um, would give if they were looking at the printed copy, you know, and I don't want to miss something by accident. So, um, you know, and some transcriber or some, some transcriber proofreader teams have copy holders. I do not, but I take advantage of the, there are advantages to being a tactile proofreader. Right. And so I take advantage of, of that structure. And um, I, I do assignments where my skill set will be an advantage to the client. Right. One thing I did not opt to transcribe were bank statements because, and not because I couldn't uh, understand it, well, part of that was I couldn't understand it because there was no way to read it in a way that made sense to me because they were set up in columns and sometimes they weren't in Microsoft Word and all that. Hmm. So I just right. said, no, I'm, I'm not going to do these. Well, because there's... They you know, they won't make sense. And it takes too much time. I would invest so much time in getting it done just to, to get it ready to transcribe it that I didn't feel like it was worth the struggle. Well, again, you have a distinct disadvantage being a transcriber 
um, when you can't see the material. And so right. that's opted not to do transcribing. And again, then the other part of my business is foreign language translation. And I'm not hampered in that, you know, at, in that at all, because that does not require uh, me to look at anything. And I, I tell them, please send me your documents in Microsoft Word. And often uh, the client never has to know that I am blind. Blind, right, right. Even know it. So. Well, yeah. it sounds like you're pretty busy. What do you do for fun? Um, I play uh, quite a few musical instruments. I play at them. I'm uh, not ready for prime time in terms of, <laughs> but I, I love to play. I'm, I'm in a couple of ukulele groups. Oh, cool. A ukulele. I play hammered dulcimer and mountain dulcimer. And I participate uh, in a couple of dulcimer festivals on Zoom. There's one called the Quarantune Dulcimer Festival. Uh, and it's coming up with its eighth session. And I participate in those and absolutely love them. Um, I, I play pia piano and sing. And I, I love to knit. Um, I enjoy container gardening. I have a variety of plants indoors and out and um, enjoy that very much. And, and um, so creative writing, I like to write a lot of essays, poetry, things like that. So um, yeah, I, I keep busy. I, I have a lot of things that I enjoy doing. And of course, my guide dog is my passion. My Marley is my fourth dog from Guiding Eyes for the Blind. And She'll be 12 in December, and she's fairly healthy and uh, still working, but uh, they're in the process of looking for a successor dog for me at this point. So, but she's my, she's one of my passions and my family. I'm um, very close to my family. I'm, I'm not married, but my parents are still living and um, a couple of aunts and uncles, and um, I'm very close to them. So that's, and, and good friends. I love, I love my church. I'm, active in Church of the Resurrection here in Leewood, Kansas, and um, big 20,000 member church. And I wondered how I would fit in and uh, it's all worked out beautifully. I've done a variety of Bible studies and um, participated in some activities and have found it to be a very rewarding experience, so. Well, it sounds to me like you've made pretty good use of the, the monetary uh, support that you got from ACB and KABVI. And yes, we would very much like to have you right. get more involved with our organization. As right. you, you mentioned the, the big 5-0, I'm gonna be 25 years older than that in a few months. You know, and our, organi our organization isn't getting any younger and I'm getting tired. <laughs> you uh, know, it's, it's hard to do this for years sure. you're out. So, I'll have our nominating committee get in touch with you. The one thing I didn't get from you that you might want to email me or our answering machine didn't work. We don't have your phone number, so we, we could use I'll that at some point. I'll tell you so, with that. So there's, there's yeah, no, that would be great. Sure. That, that would be great. I'd be glad to, and, and uh, glad to help. And as long as I can do it from here, I won't be traveling. Anybody. Right. I, well, that's, if there's an upside to the pandemic, that is it because we, we have people in Great Bend and Hayes that are on our board and they don't travel either. So Zoom has made a well, lot of interaction much easier for blind people. My pleasure to do that. It's a very belated way of saying thank you for um, 
for something that other people, you know, I'm, I'm very aware that, you know, our young people will never be able to meet Lee Razak and, and uh, Beulah Carrington and some of the people who uh, were so instrumental in, in Bill Lewis, people that were so instrumental in helping uh, me. And, and uh, you know, it, for those who are still with us, I believe Beulah and Bill might still be here. Am I correct? Well, I, th I know Beulah is. I don't haven't talked to Bill lately, but I think he still is. But, well, they, you know, I mean, yeah, it's... There were people who were very instrumental when I was coming up and uh, many of them are gone now. And, uh, but of course, you and Michael were, were such a great influence on me. So I have the chance <laughs> to say thank you to both of you. But I want everyone to know that, you know, I, I want to build on what um, you guys did. And I hope that every day that I'm proving to the world what I can do. And I hope that I'm advancing, you know, the lives of other people who are blind through my own life. And I'll never, ever, ever be able to say thank you enough. Well, thank you. And uh, I think this is this uh, recording is going to run on uh, Friday during the lunch hour. I think we'll run it. My people on the convention haven't been very good about getting back to me. All right. Thank you, Cecily. I want to just thank everybody, and we're going to do a couple of door prizes, and then that will end the 102nd annual meeting of the Kansas Association of the Blind and Visually Impaired. I see we still have Zelda here. She listened through that with Kim, which was a wonderful thing to have. And I don't know if you uh, were on and heard me mention earlier, Zelda, that uh, we're an organization that predated both NFB and ACB. Uh, we were then somewhat adopted by NFB in the 40s. And in 1961, we were one of the seven original organizations to move aside uh, from NFB and start ACB. And my parents were charter members of ACB. So I'm pleased to have had a family who was in from the start. I want to thank, so you, you feel like uh, to many people that you're old hand, you've been doing things here for 10 years. You're still a newbie to me, but we love your enthusiasm and your participation and all the things that you're doing. And thank you very much. And I really want to say thank you again, 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 to all of our uh, ACB media people. Sheila Young is our current host, but we have had a plethora of great hosts. Uh, we've had Cecily hanging with us all the time, and our streamer today is uh, Katie uh, Frederick. So uh, thanks to all of those people. Thanks to Bob for helping us keep things straight and keep the door prizes straight and all that. And we got two more of those to go. Both of them are gift cards from Biden Advocacy Consulting of Kansas. Alexa, generate a number between 1 and 36. Here's a number between 1 and 36. It's 25. 25, Mr. Bob. Bill Moore. All right. Bill, Bill Moore. Moore, okay. His Bill wife bought a gift card uh, uh, yesterday, yesterday, so... Thank um, you. I believe she won an Amazon gift card yesterday. This one will be Visa or MasterCard or American Express. I'm not sure which yet, but 
that's great. Uh, now, we've got one more door prize because we failed to give one away when we meant to yesterday. And uh, so I'm going to say, Alexa, generate a random number between 1 and 36. Alexa, generate a random number between 1 and 36, please. Here's a number between 1 and 36. It's 16. 16, Mr. Bob. 16 is Heather Hagstrom. Heather Hagstrom. All right. Well, uh, we will get those door prizes out to uh, those folks. They'll all come by mail. The only one that would have been hard to ship uh, is the perhaps... uh, latch hook from nancy and since that was won by michael Byington, i'm sure you'll figure out some way to pick that up so uh thanks to everyone and uh, uh this unless there is other business to come before the body this concludes the 102nd annual meeting of the kansas association for the blind and visually impaired